Hello and welcome to the Vol Report Show. We are the Vol Report staff over at volreport.com on the Rivals Network. I am the assistant assistant managing editor, Ryan Sylvia, joined by site publisher, Tyler Mansfield, and managing editor, Noah Taylor. And gentlemen, we are just about exactly a month away from football season kicking off for the Vols. They're going to be, of course, heading to Nashville to play Virginia on September 2nd. So to celebrate that, I thought it's about time that we kind of put our opinions out there, put our necks out there, maybe open ourselves up for some criticism down the line <laughs> when some predictions kind of don't come true. Or maybe, you know, set us our, or set ourselves up to look like geniuses if we have a hot take that ends up being correct. So today what we're going to do is we're going to run down the SEC East. We're going to run down the SEC West. We're going to go down in our order and predict how those are going to uh, kind of wind up. So without further ado, we'll start with the SEC East, of course, the division Tennessee's season. Georgia's kind of ran it the last couple of years. It's been their league to lose, of course, the two-time reigning national champions. We'll start with Noah. Noah, do you see the Bulldogs taking another SEC East title, or is it going to be someone new at the top? Yeah, I'm kind of in, in the mode now with, with – it's kind of like Alabama and the SEC West for so long – you're kind of in the mode now with Georgia where you're going to pick them until they prove otherwise. So just a lot of talent on that team. I know we're going to find out a little bit more about their quarterback situation, but I got a guy in Carson Beck who's probably going to get that starting job. He's been in the system a long time. Obviously, like everybody else in that roster, a highly touted recruit when he came in a few years ago. So once they kind of get that figured out, they're also introducing a new offensive coordinator, Mike Bobo, who's been there before. So May see them take maybe a little bit of step back on offense, but the talent there is just ridiculous. I kind of see them running this this division for uh, the last year. This is the last year of division. So, uh, yeah, I, I definitely think that they take it again this year. All right, Tyler, what do you think? Are you going to join the Georgia train? Are you going to try to make a hot take here? You know, I want to make a hot take very badly, but I just can't. Georgia is that good. You, we, we see how they recruit every single day. They're, they're landing five-star guys left and right. And those guys that they landed throughout the years are now in the system. You know, we saw them last year, what they did to Tennessee, pretty much took Tennessee away from their game they play in Athens. And then now we see what they do just recruiting-wise, and they brought about so many people. Mike Bobo, great OC. The defense has, you know, must champ there, and they have a good system going there, and their defense is always dominant. I just don't see them. Will they go 12-0? I don't know. They, they might lose one game, slip up somewhere, but I think they are your SEC East champion. And I'll go ahead and tell you, they're, they're, they're going to make a run to the championship game no matter what. I mean, they're going to be they're going to be there no matter what. Now, who will be there playing? Now that, we'll get to that later. But I don't see Georgia falling off by any means. Yeah, it seems like a situation where you just kind of have to, I think Noah said it, operate until they don't uh, win that SEC East. You just kind of have to pencil them in there. So I'm going to have to agree with you guys. Uh, Georgia looks strong. You guys said the, the biggest the biggest question mark is at the quarterback position. Of course, you lose Stetson Bennett, who he gets a lot of criticism, but I mean he proved to be one of the the better quarterbacks in recent college football history, whether you like him or not. It's just kind of a fact of the matter. So I'll I'll stay with Georgia at the top as well. We're on agreement there. But quickly, of course, we are Vol Report. So we focus on Tennessee. Do you guys think there's a chance that Tennessee could win the SEC East? And if that is in the realm of possibilities, what do you think needs to happen for that to kind of become reality? Yeah, I, I think obviously the schedule, I think, Ryan, you and I talked about this in Nashville. That schedule is very favorable for Tennessee. And you know, the offense that comes back, 
you obviously lose a lot of production in guys like Jalen Hyatt, Cedric Tillman, Hendon Hooker, but they've got to feel really optimistic about the receiving room they have. You got to feel the way Joe Milton finished off uh, the last two starts he had last year. Uh, So you bring a ton of experience back there and you have a schedule where, you know, week three, when you go to Florida, I think that's when you're going to learn the most about this team. Um, You haven't won in Gainesville since 2003. You're a better team in a better spot than Florida is right now as a program. You get past that game, then there's a lot of opportunities for here. And and then you see a few roadblocks maybe in the way, the biggest being Alabama and Georgia, but you get to that November game against Georgia undefeated, which could happen. Um, That's going to be the key. Uh, But I think the schedule works out in a way to where we could see that being the, the game that decides the East, but at the end of the day, it's what you've got to do. And if you can beat Georgia, you can afford to lose at an Alabama or possibly a Texas A&M. But uh, I think the schedule works out really well for Tennessee to, to, to have a shot at the East. Tyler, what do you think? Yeah, I, I agree 100%. I think that Georgia-Tennessee game at Neyland this season could be, you know, a battle between two undefeated teams by all means. Um, Tennessee's schedule, non-conference-wise, should be just a, a wrap. That should be just win, 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 easy, Okay. And then, of course, Noah said it best, week three at Florida. Is Florida better this year? The, does, does Napier have people where he needs them to? Will they be much better than they were last year? I think so. Could it be a trap game? Possibly. But I think beyond that, I think road games at Kentucky's tough. I think a road game, of course, down in Missouri is tough. And I think getting A&M and South Carolina home is huge, especially South Carolina. Who would have last year? And I think Tennessee wants that game back big time. And then, of course, Bama and Tuscaloosa, we know how big that'll be. But I think getting Georgia at home is huge, of course, for the fan atmosphere and engagement there at Neyland. And But I think the transfers they brought in this year, uh, Dante Thornton, the Oregon wide receiver, you bring in some defenders as well. Javari Small's back. You have Joe Milton in the system. People are counting on him to do big things this year after Hidden Hooker did last year. I think Tennessee's a team that – I said the other day on driving back from vacation, I said this is a 10-11 win team. I, I, I know – I said Alabama might be a loss because of Tuscaloosa. But SEC East-wise, Tennessee is up there with Georgia, neck and neck. Um, I think everyone's that game this season at Neyland. Obviously, wins the SEC East. I think it's Georgia, but I think Tennessee's right there with it, no matter what. November 18th, mark your schedules because I agree. I think it'll come down to that game between Tennessee and Georgia because Tennessee could lose a game to Alabama. They could lose a game to A&M or Kentucky. If they go into that game with just one conference loss, you win that game head-to-head, and you're probably going to be that team heading to Atlanta for the SEC championship game. So Tennessee's in the, in the possibility. Now we'll move on to who is our number two team in the SEC East, and that's a spot that a lot of people think Tennessee could be in. So, Noah, is it going to be the big orange Vols, or is it going to be someone else in that number two spot? Yeah, I've got Tennessee there. I, I think with the, the reasons we all just mentioned, with what they bring back offensively, uh, that, that the way the schedule works out. The biggest thing, too, is going to be defense. Tyler mentioned some of the guys they brought in as well out of the transfer portal. I think that's going to help. You bring back a ton of experience there. Now, they took a step forward a little bit last year, um, kind of bend but don't break unit. Uh, but they're going to be have to improve a lot this year to, to have a shot at the East. But I feel pretty comfortable having them in that number two spot with, with what they have back on both sides of the ball. Tyler? 100% agree, 100%. I don't see how anybody leapfrogs Tennessee at the two spot. I think South Carolina will be good again. They, they've proven themselves, and Beamer's got some great guys there in that system for sure. Um, Kentucky, I'm not sold on Devin Leary. I'm not sold on their offense. I know Liam Cohen's back, but I just don't see how they can top Tennessee. 
that two spot. I think Georgia's one, Tennessee's two. And it's, it'll take, I think, a shocker for the Vols not to be in second place in the East for sure. Yeah, I'll, I'll take Tennessee in that two spot too. I think Tennessee season kind of comes down to how far will Joe Milton take them. Obviously, we know they have the coaching on on the offensive side of the ball to have a dynamic offense kind of no matter who's in there. And that defense is taking uh, steps to improve. But I think it comes down to how good can Joe Milton be and how consistent can he be will come down to how many games they win. And I think that's going to be good enough to get nine or ten, and that should get you second place in the SEC East. And it should be a, a pretty solid season on Rocky Top to kind of transition into this new era under Josh Heupel where – He's starting to get his guys in. Nico is going to take over. Of course, they're, they're signing recruits, it seems like, every day right now. So kind of yeah. transition into that new era for Tennessee with a, a solid year for Joe Milton and the Vols and what we all agree will be a second-place finish in the SEC East. I think that was pretty clear. Most of the media, I think, would agree with that. However, from there, it starts to get a little hairy. I think this is where we might start to disagree with each other a little bit. So we'll start with Noah. Who do you have in the number three spot? Yeah, I'm going to go with Kentucky. I, I think, you know, Devin Leary, a lot of that, he was a, a, had a really good run there at NC State. I, I think a lot of that's going to depend on his health. Uh, he did go through spring practice coming off an injury, uh, which sidelined side him most of last year at NC State. But I, I really like him to come in. That's kind of going to be their biggest issue to solve. I think defense under Mark Stoops is always going to be really good. Um, like Tyler mentioned, they bring Liam Cohen back, who had success there. He's back after a stint in the NFL. Uh, it's going to kind of come down to their offensive line, which did not give a lot of protection last year. I know Will Levis struggled in a lot of areas, but um, he, he was running for his life a lot too. If they can have some of that, that you know, rebuild that offensive line and, and get some protection up there, I think Leary's good enough to run that offense and really give them you know, a, a really good chance to compete in the East. I still feel comfortable with Tennessee at two, but Kentucky's a team. I know we, we kind of say this a lot under Mark Stoops, but they're a team I think that, that could surprise people and, and get in there. And that, Tyler mentioned this as well. That that big that's a big game in Lexington. Um, Tennessee's obviously dominated that rivalry, uh, but it's been the, the last two trips to Lexington have been been very hairy. So uh, that that's one that could be this year as well. All right, Tyler, we're we going Wildcats, or we got a different team on your mind. You know, love him or hate him, I like Shane Beamer, and I, I like what he's done in a short time. I like the energy he has. I love the fact that he, him and Mark Stoops go back and forth uh, bickering all the time. That's hilarious every season. And I think Spencer Radler has proven himself at the end of last year. We saw what he did against Tennessee. He looked like he was a five-star quarterback, which he was. But he looked like he, was, he knew the system. He, I think that game triggered him to being the player he could be. Obviously, Oklahoma, we saw what he could do. And then at South Carolina, he had his issues there. But I think having him back as a grad player, experienced in the system, Brought back some receivers, some running backs. Their offense is entailed. The defense with Clayton White, the DC, who has beat Western Kentucky, know him very well. He can get those guys ready to play. I think it might be a nine-win soccer line team. I really, really do. I think they'll lose to Tennessee at Neyland and two of their losses somewhere around the, the, the lines of that. But I'd put soccer line at two, excuse me, not two, Tennessee at two, soccer line at three as of right now. And then they could be terrible and win six games. I don't know, but I'd put them three right now. We have our first kind of feud here for that number three spot. I'll have to take Noah's side this time, though. I have Kentucky coming in at number three. I have a lot of faith uh, in Devin Leary to be a guy that can go in and kind of pick up where Will Levis left off. I think Noah touched on it pretty well. Will Levis wasn't a phenomenal SEC quarterback. I'm not going to sit here and pretend like he was. 
but there was issues on that roster outside of him that I think led to a lot of those struggles. And I think that a lot of that has been addressed and I think Kentucky should be solid and they should be good enough to get that number three spot. And as both of you already said, Tennessee at Lexington is going to be tricky. I'll take the Vols in it right now, but I think that could end up being one of the better games of the year on Tennessee's schedule in terms of kind of being a close match. But I'll take Tennessee. History, of course, is on Tennessee's side. Heupel ran over Kentucky in, uh, in Neyland Stadium last year, so maybe there's a little bit of having his number, but we will have to wait and see. So now we already have uh, some different answers. I'm sure it'll get even different from here, going all the way down to number four. Who do we have, Noah? Yeah, I'm going to go with South Carolina in that spot. I, I think a lot of what Tyler said is true, too. I, I think, I mean, if Spencer Rattler plays like he did against Tennessee, uh, Clemson, and, and even Notre Dame, that's, you know, that offense is going to be in good shape. Um, I, but I've got to see that consistency from him because before going into that Tennessee game last year, there was a, it, was, it was not very good. You know, it was very hit or miss, hot and cold, uh, kind of what we saw him do at Oklahoma if he does have that under under control, that, that'll be big for South Carolina. But again, another team in this league that's breaking in, a new offensive coordinator, maybe going to be a transitioning period there. And another thing with South Carolina is that they've got a very tough first half of the schedule, um, which the, they got to play North Carolina, obviously, in week one. They've got to play Georgia. They've got to play Tennessee. And I think that that rounds out your, your month of September. So, We'll kind of learn a little bit about them if they can make it through that stretch in the first month. But I think it's going to be difficult for them if, if the quarterback plays not well and, and you're not playing good against those three uh, teams because it, obviously at that point you're kind of out of out of the race. All right, Tyler, who do you have? <laughs> I love hot takes. I love them so much. It's not that I just hate Kentucky. I mean, I'm not – they get on my nerves. But um, I have Florida – Coming up at number four. I, something tells me, I don't know why, but I was driving through Gainesville and I'm looking over at the swamp and I'm like, something tells me they're going to be better this year. I don't know what it is, but I think we saw glimpses of what they could be last year. I think he brought in some great transfers. Uh, I think he has players that can fit the style of play he played at, at Louisiana. And I think Billy Napier can coach. I, I mean, he gets, he's a little annoying with all his, um, right, right, you know, when, when his press conferences, but, um, I think he knows football. I think he has players. And I just something tells me Florida's going to be at four spot. You know, Kentucky, to me, I want to put them there. But I just can't trust Devin Leary and Liam Cohen going together. I don't know how they're – they're two different styles, I feel like. And um, they're staying consistent. They, they have been in, over their career under Mark Stoops. You know, obviously some 12-win seasons – some 10-win seasons there, excuse me, a couple years in a row. But I just – the Gators are going four. Uh, that's I'm going to do that today. You're right. I think that that will come across as a little bit of a hot take for some Tennessee fans out there who have been happy to see Florida kind of take that step back in the last two years. You have them, I guess, kind of sneaking into a bowl game, maybe seven and five, eight and four this year, somewhere around there, if they're going to finish up in that spot. But I'm still on the same page as Noah. I have South Carolina here at number four. And I, I'm I, I personally don't have a lot of faith in Shane Beamer to, to kind of get above that seven and five, eight and four mark. I don't think Spencer Rattler is going to be able to kind of build in the way that a lot of South Carolina fans want him to off of the end of last season. And I think he's going to return to somewhere in the middle of that elite play that he showed against Clemson and Tennessee, but then also the rest of the season where it took a step back. I think it'll be somewhere in the middle and I think it'll equate to a, a solid season for South Carolina, but I'm not ready to say that they're going to take that step to become the third team. 
but also I'm also not just very high on, on the rest of the other three teams in the SEC East that, that we're going to get to soon. So I think that South Carolina kind of fits in somewhere in the middle there, and that'll be about where they end up. But as I just said, we're now we're down to the final three teams here in the SEC East. This is where you're going to start to see some teams that are going to be fighting for their bowl hopes, maybe trying to get to that six and six mark, seven and five mark. So Noah, who do you have at, I guess, number five? Yeah, I'm going to have Florida in that spot. I think that, you know, they've got, they've returned a really good staple of running backs that, that showed a lot of promise last year. One of them being Montreal Johnson, who transferred from Louisiana. So one of those Napier guys that followed him uh, to Gainesville. Um, it's it, Got to come down to the quarterback play, right? I know we say that about a bunch of SEC teams right now, but it's going to come down to that for Florida because what they have, the room as it stands, now they could prove us wrong in week one against Utah, but as it stands, it's a pretty underwhelming group. Uh, you bring back Jack Miller, who who has been in the system, I think, two years now, former Ohio State guy. Granted, didn't play one game last year. I think he was injured most of the year, and he, it was that bowl game against Oregon State, which was very, very forgettable performance. And then you go to the portal and you get Graham Mertz, who struggled in the Big Ten. Now, the systems are different. Maybe maybe he does better. Maybe he excels in, in Napier's system and what Florida's trying to do. Um, but right now, not a lot of confidence there. And, again, another team that really struggled on defense, has struggled on defense for a while. Um, Got to make some strides there for them to have a chance at, at a bowl game. But I, I think it's going to be a tough year for them. But like Tyler said, we saw a little bit last year maybe. They beat Utah in week one last year. So we saw a little bit of what they could be. Uh, but I think that's going to take some time for Florida. All right, Tyler, is this where the Big Blue makes their appearance finally? Wildcat fans, you were here at number five. Don't worry. Kentucky at five for sure for me. Um, I think Devin Leary, Ken, is a good quarterback. Obviously proved that where he was before. And I think Liam Cullen is much better than that rich scramble, whatever his last name was. He used to be there before. Kentucky's offense is off last year. And it's as simple as that. Defense was solid. Offense was terrible. And I think now having Liam Cullen back, they went to the Rams for a little bit and did some good things there and having a good quarterback in the system. And some playmakers, too, that running back and receiver will help them out as well. I think they're uh, – I think, I think they'll win – I'll say seven, respectively. They can get their seven wins. Um, I just think Florida will have eight for some reason. They'll have a seven that's better than the Kentucky's. But Wildcats at five, I'll put them there. All right, fair enough. Staying on the same page as Noah, though, I got the Gators here at number five. And he mentioned that Utah game at the beginning of the year. I think a lot of people see that as a little bit of a litmus test to see how good they are. To me, it's Tennessee in the swamp in week three. I think that goes for both teams. We already touched on Tennessee, of course, saying you'll kind of find out just how good this team is when they play that game. I think you can say the same thing for Florida. You can lose to Utah in Salt Lake City and, and kind of spin it into a, well, it's a good team on the road, new quarterback, first game. And, and, and if you show up and play well against Tennessee, you can build off that. But if you lose to Utah and then you lose to Tennessee and you start that season one and two, things could start to snowball and go downhill. Or if you beat Utah even and, and you end up doing that and then you lose to Tennessee and you drop that first SEC game, I think there's still going to be a lot of morale that kind of drops to the floor a little bit. Uh, in Gainesville. So I don't have a lot of faith in Graham Mertz necessarily to to be an elite SEC quarterback. So I think Florida is going to find themselves above who all of us have as the bottom two teams so far, Missouri and Vanderbilt. But I don't think they're going to put together a good enough season to kind of find their way over top of South Carolina or Kentucky. But as I just said, we have just two teams left. All of us in the bottom two is Missouri and Vanderbilt. Noah, who's it going to be? 
Yeah, I'm going with Missouri. I, I know when you and I were at SEC Media Days, I, I was a little bit high on the Tigers. And uh, I, mean, I, I still I, – they could probably get that fifth spot. I, I, it, again, quarterback play. They, they got Brady Cook, who played a lot of football last year, a guy that struggled a lot. But they bring in Jake Garcia uh, from Miami. So you'll have a battle there. A lot of it will depend on that. But they've got a really good running back. They've got some good receivers. They return a lot of guys on defense. Um, again, another tricky game for Tennessee a little bit. I know Tennessee hasn't had a lot of trouble with Missouri, so that's a little bit weird to say under Josh Heupel. Uh, they've, they've definitely put some hurtings on the Tigers in their last two meetings. But, again, you go to November in Columbia. Uh, that'll be a little bit different than last year or the last two years, and it's going to probably be really cold, pro- probably be a night game. Uh, so that'll be a little bit interesting to see that game and see how many strides the Tigers have taken. We saw last year, they, I mean, they played Georgia as close as anybody. And, you know, Missouri probably hangs on to that that game a lot but uh that's that's maybe a little bit of a preview of what they could be um but i I, for now i I feel pretty good about them being in that sixth spot um we'll just have to wait and see how the the quarterback position plays out there noah going with coach drinking the tigers tyler are you gonna follow him i am um good points all by noah there especially the quarterback battle i think brady cook's good but obviously garcia's a good player as well so depending on who the quarterback is i think it won't matter much to them because I think there's the pieces around the quarterback position are, you know, they, they are what they are. Um, I think they have some players. I think they can do some good things this year. But look at their schedule. Kansas State, Memphis, and non-conference. Then they got to play at Georgia. They, of course, host Tennessee, which is good for them. You go to Arkansas as well. It's just a tough schedule for them this year. I think they're worthy of six, um, the sixth spot. They might get a sixth win this year, but – It'd be tough for him for sure. I think it'll be some growing pains. I think Drinkwitz can coach. I just think that um, he's still trying to build something there at Missouri after it was just bad for so long. Yeah, you guys both have the Tigers. I've been on the same page as Noah up until this point. So I'm going to go with the Commodores. I think Vanderbilt is going to climb out of that bottom spot in the SEC and get sixth in the East. Maybe make a bowl game. I'm not, I don't know if I'll go that far yet. They're a game off last year. I think they're probably going to finish about five and seven again, but I think we saw them take that next step under AJ Swan as they kind of started transition to him at the end of last season at quarterback. They got killed by Georgia. They go on the road to Missouri and lose by three. They go to South Carolina or they host South Carolina, lose by 11. Then they finish the season with two wins against Kentucky and Florida before ultimately getting blown out by Tennessee. I think those two games, though, I know it's a, a Kentucky and Florida team that were kind of just limping to the end of that season, but I think we saw that Vanderbilt can can catch you if you're sleeping going into that game. In the past, I think a lot of the times you could kind of walk into that Vanderbilt game and still come out with a 50-point win. That That's not what's happening with, Clark, with the Clark Lee's program anymore. So I'll take Vanderbilt beating Missouri this season in Nashville, and I think that'll be the difference to put Vanderbilt in that sixth spot and, uh, uh, of course, that means I have Missouri in last place. So I think that's probably my, my hottest take so far uh, and probably what you'll get from me throughout this show. You'll see maybe you'll disagree with me something in the West, but you guys both have Vanderbilt to to wrap it up. Noah, what are your thoughts on, on Vandy and what they're going to do this year? Yeah, I mean, uh, the, the step they took last year in Clark Lee's second season is undeniable. I think, I think they found an answer at quarterback in A.J. Swan, obviously, that led them to those two big wins. If they can become that team, like you, you just kind of hit it on the head, they can become that team where a team can't afford to sleepwalk through it. I mean, you watched them against Kentucky, you watched them against Florida in those, those last games of the, the regular season, and you're kind of like, 
all right, they're hanging around here, but, you know, Florida will get out of this or Kentucky will get out of this. They can become that team where you can't afford to do that anymore. Then what more could you ask for? You know, that's enough to get you to a bowl game for sure. And, and I do think that you'll continue to see some success there, but just not ready to pull the trigger on, on the Commodores being, being more than that for now. Yeah, that, that's, that's a very fair point. Tyler, what do you think? You know, I covered Vanderbilt basketball for a couple seasons for rivals before I took over at Tennessee. And I never ever covered football, but I watched him play a lot. He made a series of Western Kentucky for a couple of years, and I saw them make strides. You know, I, I think they are now, too. I think, like I said, the quarterback play is much better. I think Clark Lee is a good coach. I think he has a vision for what he wants to do at Vanderbilt, and he knows what he can work with. I think he understands that, listen, we're not going to win eight games here right off the bat. It might take five-plus years for that. But we saw last year improvements. I think this year they'll, they might sneak up, get a couple SEC wins just like last year. Uh, not sure who it could be yet. Non-conference schedule favors them. I mean, Wake Forest is, is one that they could probably win. Um, but they're at that last spot in the East. But don't be surprised if they were able to get a bowl game it's just just somehow, you know. Even if they tie for a three-place tie for, you know, the last three spots, you know, I think five wins is reasonable. But if they get a six win, I mean, I wouldn't be shocked. I, I really wouldn't. That's what I put Vanderbilt to round out the East. Yeah, I'll take Missouri, of course, as, as I had Vanderbilt in the sixth spot. For me, it's just that quarterback situation is a little sketchy to me. I don't have a lot of faith in Brady Cook or anyone else that they put at quarterback, and I think that's going to bite them, especially in an offense under drink that has been, I mean, kind of unimaginative, I guess is a word you could call it. It's been very vanilla, and it's not like it's worked at an alarming level so far. They've gotten some wins. They played Georgia very tight last year. They can celebrate some things, but six and six in your first two seasons at Missouri has to be somewhat disappointing, especially, I mean, back at, back a few years ago, you might be able to say, well, that's good. It's two bowl games in your first two years. There you go. But I think after we saw what some of these coaches have done right after taking over programs like Josh Heupel at Tennessee, where you go seven and five and then 10 and two, six and six is very underwhelming. So I'm going to take Missouri to have a, a sitting about five and seven taking that baby step back and maybe it might be the the start of the end for the Drinkwitz era I know they just extended him but I just don't see him ever climbing out of that that 500 hole or just under 500 hole but with that said we now have our SEC East wrapped up and we'll move over to the other side of the conference in the oh, wow, SEC wow, West man. It's been it's been up and down. I think this one's a lot more open for that number one spot. Of course, it was LSU last year, but it's tough to pick against the tide. And they've also got some outliers and teams like Arkansas and Texas A&M and Ole Miss that could make some noise. So we'll start with Noah. Who do you have taking home the SEC West Championship and meeting Georgia in the championship? You know, it's kind of it's kind of funny hearing that out loud. It's it's true though that that there isn't you know, a clear cut winner in the West. The West has obviously kind of carried the water for this league for a long time. You always kind of knew Alabama was, was going to be the team to emerge, uh, but I'm going to go with LSU. And, and this is something we've talked about. I just think that it's a team that I'm a little bit skeptical about the success that some people think they're going to have this year. Um, last year went really well for Brian Kelly in year one, uh, obviously won the SEC West played for an SEC title. Um, but man, they were very close to also lose at a very rough start with the Florida state loss. Tennessee blew them out at home, obviously. Um, and they're very close to losing a couple other games. You know, remember Auburn was a very close game for them. I, so I'm not really 
saying that, that I think they're going to be as successful as a lot of people think, but I really like, I do like Jaden Daniels at quarterback. I think the defense is good. Harold Perkins was, had one of the most phenomenal freshman seasons I've seen out of a defensive player. So I, obviously they can only go up from there, uh, but I, I'm going to go with the Tigers as the West because I just feel like there's more answers there right now than any other team in, in that division. Noah has LSU repeating as SEC West champions. Tyler, are you on the same boat? Actually, I am. Um, I mean, LSU last year, me and Noah went to Baton Rouge, and we saw Tennessee just demolish a team that I thought was really good. I'm like, did that just happen? We went to dinner afterwards at this little um, beautiful, awesome seafood restaurant. We're sitting there, and I'm like, how did Tennessee beat them that bad? Like, they're good. And we saw after that week, here comes Jaden Daniels throwing for 400-plus yards. Here they come winning games. And I think that's the LSU that Brian Kelly has built. I think having Daniels back, Harold Perkins at linebacker, they got some guys that can play some football. And I think their schedule favors them. You know, um, I think this is a team that wins the West. I really do. They might have a loss to somebody. Um, but I think this is a team that is better than Bama. I really do think so. Just what their personnel, what they have, their coaches, just I think Kelly has a system that's working there. We saw it last year. Obviously, championship game was Georgia. We knew that it was not going to be pretty, but I think they showed themselves last year that LSU is, in fact, back and can be back-to-back champions in the SEC West. Y'all both have the Tigers. I'm going to go with the Tide, though, and it's not necessarily because I think Alabama's phenomenal. I'm very, very skeptical, uh, skeptical about their quarterback situation as well. Of course, they have three guys in that room right now, but none seem to have really emerged. It doesn't seem like Saban even necessarily has a lot of confidence at this point in whichever direction he goes. I think it's still somewhat of an open race, but I pick them because as much as I wanted to pick LSU, I I couldn't get myself to do it just because I can't shake this kind of feeling that they're a little bit fool's gold. And and Noah hit the nail on the head. With talking about some of their games, you look at that that record of, of 10 and 4 overall, and they make their spot in the SEC championship game. I'll, I'll give you a pass losing by one in your first game under Brian Kelly to Florida State at a neutral site, somewhat neutral site. It's, it's in Louisiana, but a, a neutral site. I'll give you the pass on that, sure. You sneak by Auburn in the last year of the Harson era, and that's not a good Auburn team at all. You get absolutely blown out by Tennessee at home. You win by 10 against Florida on the road. That's that's We'll give you that. That's a good win. You beat Ole Miss. That's another good win. You beat Alabama. I'm not going to say, oh, it was in overtime or whatever. That's, of course, that's a good win. But then you go and you put up a stinker at Arkansas and win that game 13-10. to 10. You just blow it against A&M with playoff hopes on the table, and you let, you let a horrible Texas A&M team last year beat you going into the, the SC championship game, and then you get your doors blown off by Georgia. Maybe if you can be more competitive in that SC championship game, I would have more hope. But they've just had too many letdown games in that first year for me to be confident in them to be able to win 11 games because that's what it's going to take. 11 or 12 wins is what it takes in the SEC to be the team that, that's going to be the last standing in your division. And I don't know if LSU is going to have that consistency. They have the quarterback to do it. They have the players to do it. Last year did not leave me too hopeful, though. So I'm going to go with Alabama – like I said, not because I think Alabama is the same Alabama that's going to go ahead and win the national championship, but more so because I don't have the faith in LSU to sustain success throughout an entire season. 
But you guys both had LSU on top. I'm curious to see if you have the tide falling any farther, which would be a bit of a surprise here under Nick Saban, or if you guys have them in second place. Yeah, I, I've got them in that number two spot. Um, again, I sound like a broken record, but it, quarterbacks, right? I mean, it's it's a little bit mystifying that that a place like Alabama is, is kind of in this situation. You've got a guy, Ty Simpson, who's a highly touted recruit in that room right now. He's, he's going into year two in that system. Jalen Milrow showed some promise when he came in last year when, when uh, Bryce Young was dealing with some injuries. Um, and, then, and then you go to Notre Dame, you get a guy at the transfer portal that follows Tommy Reese, who I think is a little bit of an underwhelming offensive coordinator hire too. So a lot of question marks there, but at the end of the day, it's Alabama. It's a team that you know, we talked about Georgia's recruiting. They've recruited at such an elite level that you can kind of afford to, to have okay quarterback play. Really, maybe they go back to what they were before with guys like A.J. McCarron or Jacob Coker. When you, you just need a game manager, maybe that's what Nick Saban's going to think. Maybe that's what I can get by on. And uh, they could very easily win the, win the West with that. I think the question mark, though, is just a little bit too big right now for me to, to put them number one. But it's, it's hard to, to keep them out of, out of the race for the uh, division. Yeah, Nick Saban's proven in the past that you can kind of win with those game manager quarterbacks and see a lot of yeah. success. And and I don't think that that you guys are are off base at all with your predictions. I know LSU is a very trendy pick, not just for the SC championship, but for the national championship as a whole. So Tyler, are you gonna stick with Alabama here in the two spot though? Yeah, I'll put the tie and saving it too. You know, the quarterback situation, the thing about it is it's a big situation, but they got three solid guys who can do the job. Uh will it be a young guy with Simpson? Well, the guy from Notre Dame, what's his name? The Buckner? Stuck in my head. Yes. Yeah, he, he showed some promise at Notre Dame. We saw what he could do. I remember watching a couple games last year. I'm like, this kid's pretty good. And then we went to the portal. I'm like, oh, where could he go? He visits Alabama, and I'm following the recruiting services. And I'm like, all right, this be a lot for Nick Saban. And he, he went there. You would think it's his job to lose, but still, Milro played some last year. He showed positive signs like Noah said. There's times where he looked scared to death out there. I, mean, I know he's young. But I don't know what Saban wants to do there. Do you want a, a trendy guy who can run? Do you want a more of a game manager, like an A.J. McCarron type deal who just sits in the pocket, passes the ball? Who could it be? But receiving-wise, their receiver core is always good. And this year, they brought back some huge big-name guys who could be great for them. I just think they'll, they'll have enough firepower, no matter who's throwing the football or handed off, to be a, a second-place team in the West. I, I just don't think that you know, I could top them. Yeah, the situation with Tyler Buckner is a little concerning to me just because you would think if Nick Saban was happy with Milrow or Simpson, then he's not going to bring in Buckner in the first place. But it seemed a little bit like I, we need at least some competition here to get our guys in gear. But I, I do agree. I think that Alabama is at worst going to be in that two spot. As I said, I am in the one spot because of my lack of faith in LSU. But I still think LSU is going to be a really solid team this year for all the reasons you guys stated that they'd be the number one team. They have a veteran quarterback who proved that he can play at an elite level in Jaden Daniels. Brian Kelly shown that he can win. They have a very impressive defense. They've got weapons on the offensive side of the ball. It's a team that's built to win and win a lot of games in the West. I think they'll slip up a few times. I think they'll drop that game in Tuscaloosa and, and maybe one or two other ones that you're like, why did you lose that? You probably should have won that, but, but it slipped away. And I'll have LSU Coming out with another really good season, probably playing another New Year's Six Bowl, but not at the top of the SC West and in second place. But from here, just like in the East, after you get to that two spot, we're all in agreement, at least in terms of who's there. Once you get to three, it might be a little bit uh, more controversy and a little bit less clear. So 
We'll get to know who do you have in the three spot. I'm going to go with Ole Miss, and we've talked so much about about quarterbacks. There's they've got a lot of questions in a different way because <laughs> you've got probably the best quarterback room in the country. Any one of those guys would start anywhere, probably in this league and, and beyond, obviously. But Jackson Dart, you got to feel good about a guy that's come back, it's been in the system. Spencer Sanders, a lot of experience from Oklahoma State. Walker Howard was, I think, a five-star guy that was at LSU last year, now at Ole Miss. Um, that, that's a really good group of guys. And then you have the best running back in the SEC in Judkins. So I think the offense isn't going to have any problems <laughs> scoring. The question is, it's a little bit like you said, Ryan, about LSU. Ole Miss has a little bit of that factor, too, where they've, they've been unable to kind of show up at a big stage and, and maybe, dare I say, choke a little bit when it, when it matters most last year had plenty of opportunities it took Alabama down to the wire a year where Alabama was kind of obviously lost to LSU lost to Tennessee that was rare for them Ole Miss had their chance couldn't get, couldn't get the kill shot and then LSU that's when LSU turned around they played an Ole Miss team that everybody kind of thought Ole Miss had the chance had the had the edge there and, and obviously lost that game so a little bit weary of them of ranking them higher I think the offense and the production's good enough to maybe even be in that two spot but I I I don't really trust Ole Miss to, to win the big games to, to go any any higher. But I, I do feel pretty good about them at three. Yeah, it's another team me and you kind of talked about uh, over at SEC Media Days in Nashville, just how strange that situation over in Oxford is with three quarterbacks, that, as you said, are capable to start at most places all on the same roster. Some of them run out of eligibility. Who are they going to pick? What are they going to do? It'll be interesting, but Noah's high enough on them to put him in the three spot. Tyler, who do you have? Yeah, as soon as I said Ole Miss, I said, yep, that's exactly what I'm going with right there. Um, I love Lane Kiffin, always have. And at media day, keeping up with what he was saying, um, never fails to impress me. And I think he he talked about his quarterback room to a, to an extent. He was like, you know, no matter who it is, we have confidence in him. He said, I'm not even a starter yet, but and there's three guys there, whether it's Tower, whether it's Sanders, whether it's Jackson Dart, who I think will get the job. All three really good quarterbacks. And – like you said, that running back is just a, a beast. Uh, defense is solid enough. I think their offense is better than their defense, obviously. And I think they're a number three um, third-place team. You know, eight or nine wins, I think it's something for them. They'll start 3-0. and I think that's a lot. And then you go to Bama week four. Um, can they beat Bama again? I, I think there's a good good chance they could. Um, I think it'll be a game of offense on both sides of the ball. Um, I think Lane Kiffin and the Rebels, though, will be at that third-place spot for sure. You and Noah in agreement again through three spots in the West, but I'm going to disagree with you guys again, not on the same page so far on this end. I'm going to go with the Pigs. Give me Arkansas in the three spot. I'm a big fan of what Sam Pittman's been able to do. He's turned Arkansas from a program that was reeling, a program that was really struggling into a team that I don't think anyone wants to see on any Saturday. And at the helm of that offense is KJ Jefferson, my pick for um, – First team all SEC uh, preseason. I, that was my guy going into SC Media Days. That's who I voted for. He's got a little bit of that that Tim Tebow in him. It's hard to hard to kind of bring him down. He's tough. He can run the ball when he needs to. He's a great passer. I think he is the type of guy that you want to lead your program in the SEC. And they've got some some good pieces around him too, like Rocket Sanders at running back and, and a defense that lost some players, but is going to be fine and be able to kind of keep up with a lot of those offenses in the conference. So for those reasons, I'm going to go with Arkansas. It's another little bit of a, a hot take, a little bit out there, but I think that that there's a lot of people as well that'll agree with me that Arkansas 
in my opinion, at least could have had a lot better of a season last year, but they kind of got hit with the injury bug. Assuming they can stay healthy this year, I think they can make a lot of noise and, and stay towards the top of the SEC West. So let's see if now maybe some of us can get back on that same page in the four spot. Noah, who do you have? I'm going to go with Arkansas. I kind of went back and forth on this because I think around at media day, I, I liked A&M in this spot, uh, but I think I've gone back on that. And I'll get to A&M in a second. Obviously, that'll give you a little bit of a, a guess of who I'm going with in that fifth or sixth spot or fifth spot. But um, yeah, I mean, all the reasons you just said, the, the quarterback play is undeniable. KJ Jefferson, a gamer, a guy, if they had stayed healthy last year, that season could have gone a little bit different. Entered with a little, some high expectations last year. Um, but I, I think they can they can uh, certainly come through with that this year. I, I do like KJ Jefferson's leadership. And then you mentioned the pieces around him too. I, I like uh, Arkansas to kind of take that spot, but I, I definitely went back and forth on that uh, between them and Texas A&M. And that's a game that will probably come down to that game that, that they play every yeah. year over in Texas. That, that's been a, a really good game recently. That, that could definitely be the decider on, on kind of that seeding over there in the SC West. Tyler, are you going to go with the Aggies? Or are you going to go with the Pigs? What is it looking like? I was thinking hard about this one. And since I was thinking about Noah, what he's going to say, and do the opposite. He said he's going with Pittman's team. I'm going with Jimbo Fisher, A&M, right here. Last year, I know dead last in the West. But that was – I don't understand what happened. I still don't to this day understand what happened with them last season. Five and seven, two and six. How? He, you're loaded with talent. I don't understand. Apparently, Nick Saban said you paid all these players, so why are you not winning football games? Well, you know, I think this year, Max Johnson transfers in from LSU – you have Connor Wegman back, a quarterback. You choose one of those guys to lead the way. Their defense is phenomenal. Shamar Stewart, all those kind of guys are really, really good. I think Jimbo has – I think hiring Petrino as your OC and those two having the same mindset and working together is going to be magnificent. Bobby Petrino was one of a unique character. I've, I met him back in the day, got to work with alongside him a lot, and I think his offensive philosophy is really good. I just don't see him being – Dead last for sure, but I think they're a, definitely a top four team in the West, um, right above Arkansas. Excuse me, you know, I think AM, Arkansas, that, that same little level, but I put them behind Ole Miss right at number four. Yeah, I agree that, that Texas AM will be in that four spot, but I do have a quick question for you guys. Do you think that Jimbo Fisher's seat is kind of the hottest in the SEC right now? That buyout is massive and it's tough to justify paying that at this point. If he has another season where maybe he, even if it's a bowl season where he goes six and six or seven and five, I mean, yeah, it's tough to imagine there's a hotter seat in the SEC. Yeah, there there hasn't been a lot of return on investment, I guess, with uh, with Jimbo Fisher. I know that was a, that was a big talk when he, like you mentioned, that buyout when he got hired at the time. It seemed like a home run hire. He had just come mm -hmm. off a national, not long removed from a national championship at Florida State, had a ton of success there. A guy that had been in the league for a long time as an offensive coordinator, won a national title at LSU under Nick Saban as a, as a position or a assistant coach. Um, yeah. I, I think it, it's gotta be the hottest seat. The, the, the recruiting has, has been great. I mean, you're, you're, whether you want to call that paying NIL, whatever it is, they're getting good players there. Um, and you brought in a proven, like Tyler just mentioned, you brought in a proven guy in Bobby Petrino at, at offensive coordinator this is this has kind of got to be the year, I think, especially coming off a five and seven year last year. You know, this has kind of got to be the year for this team. But again, saw a little. I mean, they were that close to beating Alabama and Tuscaloosa a year ago. 
they beat LSU at the end of the year. So there's been a little flashes here and there of greatness. He was the first assistant, saving assistant to beat him. And I remember two years ago. So mm-hmm. it's kind of been an up and down ride, but I think this is the year where you've doesn't have to be a new year six bowl, but it, I think it's got to be better than just getting into the postseason for Jimbo Fisher. Yeah, uh, I, I would agree. And I think that that is what they're going to do, but maybe not by a lot, maybe looking at a eight and four team, which I think will be enough to save his job, but yeah, Still probably not have Aggies fans on cloud nine just because of the high expectations they have every single year. I mean, going into last season, like I said, five and seven year, going into it, there's a lot of talk about them being a national title contender. And it just all seems to fall off out of nowhere. I think Jimbo gets them a little bit back on track, though. I like Connor Wegman. I like what they have at wide receiver. Of course, they lose a really, really solid running back, but they're able to to piece together some guys to make sure that that offense shouldn't have a, a big fall off kind of production wasn't there last year, but, but kind of uh, Jimmy's and Joe's wise instead of, instead of X's and O's uh, maybe as a way to put it. And then they have those studs on the defensive side. Cause if one Jimbo's done one thing at A&M, it's, it's been recruiting some stellar defensive guys, especially on that defensive line. So I think A&M will find their way to win probably eight games and, and wind up in that four spot. But I, I, from, Oh, you go ahead. Noel. Sorry to interrupt you, Ron. I, I was going to say, too, I think maybe there's some added pressure because you get Texas in the, in the league next year yeah. as well. Yeah. So uh, that that's a team that, that they kind of want to compete with. You know, they, they want to be there. And, and a lot of that depends. Sarkeesian, that experiment has kind of yet to be seen, too. But mm-hmm. I think maybe that adds a little bit of pressure, especially if Texas can go into the league off a Big 12 championship. Especially because A&M was – not necessarily a big fan of that decision but to bring in Texas back into the same conference as them. So, yeah, it's a, it's a little think, bit of extra pressure. I think A&M beats – no, excuse me. I think Bama beats – excuse me, I can't talk. Texas <laughs> will beat Alabama this season. That's what I'm trying to get at. I think that game's going to be a, it's hard for Bama. I think Texas is going to be like, hey, I'm trying to prove myself before we go to that new league. And I think that's going to have people wondering. So, I, I'm, that, that game will be fun. It'll be on my TV screen for sure wherever I am that day. Yeah, I, I've heard a, a lot of people say that that's the game to look out for just because, I mean, it was a really close game last year. It was yeah. a game that that uh, Texas was was very close to winning, if not for some injuries. Uh, that might have been the difference there. So it'll be interesting to see what happens there. As you said, I think they're going to try to kind of welcome themselves to the SEC with a big-time win because, I mean, that would be massive if they were able to knock off Alabama the year before joining the conference. But – we will go on to number five in the SEC West. Three teams left. Noah, who do you have? Uh, I, I don't know when this turned into the Texas A&M show, but uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm going to go with the Aggies. And like I said, they were very close uh, to, to being in that four spot, but uh, just kind of wait and see mode with them. I, I agree with you. I think Connor Weigman will take a step up. I, I, like I mentioned, I think there'll be a lot of improvement on offense. They've obviously got the talent. I just think they need it kind of the guy there to be at the OC spot. And you got that Bobby Petrino. Um, so I, I do think there's going to be some success there. Um, maybe a little bit surprising, uh, maybe some surprising wins for them. I know that's a big game for Tennessee, uh, but one of the two big home games this year in Knoxville, um, I think it'll be, I think it'll be big for that reason. I think they're going to come into that game off some success. And uh, yeah, I, I like them in that spot, but they, you know, they have the pieces to be higher. Certainly. Noah going with AM in that five spot. Tyler, is this where the pigs make their way onto your list? Definitely so. Like you guys said, 
um, Jefferson's a great quarterback. He's fun to watch. He's versatile. He can run. He with it. He can throw it. Um, he has pieces around him. I love Sam Pittman. I think he's a good coach. I think he has enough talent to win seven, eight games. Um, I love his statue of the pig at his house. I think that's absolutely <laughs> phenomenal. Um, I love the way he talks. I think when ESPN does their mic'd up pregame walkthrough, when he's on the field, last year's, I will never forget his. He's just walking across the field, AirPods in, just talking about that statue and um, talking about his quarterback play. And I think um, they're a good solid five team. They could jump four if AM does some silly stuff this year where Ole Miss falls off. But I think five preseason is a good spot for them because they have talent, but I don't think they're with the elite of the ones above them, so to speak. Yeah, I don't, I don't want to speak for you guys, but I think we're all kind of in the same ballpark for three and five where it's like that. that's a very interchangeable group of teams. I feel like just one or two games could be the difference between a team sitting at five or maybe even six in the West and, and jumping all the way up to three. But with that said, you guys had Ole Miss a little bit higher. This is where I'll slot them in at five. Lane Kiffin, obviously some, some mixed thoughts about him over here in Knoxville. Depends on who you ask on what answer you'll get about him, but he's been solid for Ole Miss. He's been exactly kind of what Ole Miss needed, which was someone that honestly brings eyes to the team. No one's missing a lot of Ole Miss games at this point uh, when they're playing solid teams just because you want to see what is Lane Kiffin going to say or what is he going to do. And and he's kind of backed it up to a decent amount. Of course, he had a really good team with Matt Corral two years ago. Wasn't maybe as good as you necessarily want it to be last year, but it was still a very respectable program. And I think that's kind of where his program's trending is every once in a while, maybe he'll, he'll push his way to a nine or 10 win team. But for the most part, I think he's going to stick to about a seven and five program while he's over at Ole Miss, but he's definitely one of the more interesting kind of teams to watch just because of the way that Kiffin's gone about bringing in talent, really probably the biggest proponent of the transfer portal so far that we've seen in college football, bringing in talent through that. Of course we see that with his whole quarterback room right now, as we said, three really talented guys, all coming in that way, and, and it's going to be interesting to see what he does there. Of course, as of now, no official announcement on who's going to be QB1 over in Oxford, but we have two teams left, and we all agree that it's going to be Auburn and Mississippi State, but we have not agreed necessarily on what order it's going to be in. So, Noah, is it going to be the Tigers or the Bulldogs? I'm going to go with Auburn. I, I think that's a team that, you know, again, quarterbacks, you got Peyton Thorne coming in. Uh, who just kind of a late addition out of the transfer portal, um, but an experienced guy. And then obviously you bring back a quarterback that played last year on a team that was not very good under Brian Harson. Cadillac Williams stepped in an interim role and they kind of had a little bit like Vanderbilt had a chance there at the end of the year to, to sneak into the into a ball game. But uh, I, I think they're a team that we're going to see recruiting right now is skyrocketing for for Auburn. Um, I mean, they're, they're taking guys from Georgia and Alabama who are their two biggest rivals. So there's a lot of positive momentum going on there. I don't think that necessarily translates to the early half of the year. I think Auburn's going to be a team that struggles very early on. Um, we'll see some remnants of what they probably struggled with last year, but I think this Hugh Freeze team is going to be better at the end of the season than they were at the, at the beginning. I do believe that and which puts me in, puts them in that spot. And I, I don't have their schedule pulled up here. Ryan, I know we talked about it again in Nashville, yeah. but I, it's a it's a schedule that works out that way to where you may struggle early on, but you've got a good shot, maybe not to beat Alabama at the end of the year in the Iron Bowl, but to go into that game feeling really good and maybe giving them a, a fight um, to go into you know, get into a bowl game and feel really good about year one under free. So I'm going to go with, with Auburn there in that, that sixth spot. 
yeah, Auburn to finish out the year after playing some really tough games against Georgia and LSU. They're going to host Ole Miss, host Mississippi State, go to Vanderbilt, go to Arkansas, host New Mexico State, and then play in the Iron Bowl. So I think that Auburn's kind of looking at that once you kind of start and get full speed in that first year with you freeze, maybe try to make some noise in that stretch and go into the Iron Bowl full speed. But Tyler, I saw your face kind of light up when, when we started talking Peyton Thorne there. What were your thoughts on that? And is Auburn going to be in that sixth spot? I'll tell you what, I love Peyton Thorne. Um, I covered Western Steel my last season. They played at Michigan State, and Thorne literally impressed me. Um, I knew coming to the game, they had some good receivers, um, good running backs. They had Kenneth Walker still. Um, it was a fun night. And that kid just impressed me. I think he threw for 420 yards, four scores, ran for one, and just – I was like, this kid is legit. He was good the next year after that. Obviously, they, they fell off some. But then now when Auburn got him, I'm like, all right, Hugh Freeze is back in the SEC, baby. Uh, he's, he's getting some players, and I think Thorne steps in as QB1. He's got enough guys around him to, um, to throw the ball, hand the ball off. I think Hugh Freeze is a great coach. Obviously, Liberty had some great seasons under him. Uh, we saw what he did back in the day before the Ole Miss debacle happened. Um, and I think he's a good coach. And you talked about the early schedule there for them. Very tough. They could be, you know, one and three. But you mentioned the later part. That's that's four wins at least, you said. Four or five right there. I think they're a, a definitely a six-win team, maybe a seven right there at the sixth spot. Um, I think I think it would be good for them to win six or seven that year one. Let's say, okay. This is our first year with with with, with Freeze. We're going to get people going. Peyton Thorne could come back one more year if he wants to because he played three years at Michigan State. So I think he's got the pieces he needs there to be successful, and I think that's a team that, yeah, they could win six, seven games and be a solid bow team. If Auburn is able to get to that 6-1 spot and make a bowl game, I think that a lot of people will be happy about that hire, just especially considering that schedule. Of course, Auburn never playing an easy schedule. One of the, the only teams – or the only team alongside Tennessee that plays Alabama and Georgia every single season. So Tennessee fans and Auburn fans can kind of re- relate in that way, that, that it's never easy trying to put together a, a good season. But I'm going to agree that they're going to uh, end up in that sixth spot. Noah took the words kind of right out of my mouth about that Iron Bowl. I'm not saying that, that Auburn's going to win that football game, but I think it's going to be pretty close. I, I think that Hugh Freeze, by the time he's got – uh, gone all the way to his 12th game that he can make some noise and, and keep that thing kind of close. Of course, the Iron Bowl, we all know that anything can happen in that game. So I think that'll be a game to look out for and kind of uh, kind of be able to see what Hugh Freeze has been able to do after one full season. At that point, maybe they're playing for a bowl game. Maybe they've already clinched one, but I think that that'll be a good a good game to see. Doesn't have to win it, but can you compete in that game in year one? Can you kind of make some sort of impact but that does leave – oh, go ahead, Noah. No, sorry, again. I, they've got a little bit of recent history on their side. Gus Malzahn. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Kate came in off of a very bad year under Gene Chizik. They fired him. They bring Malzahn back, and, and they knock off Alabama in year one. So, you're right. I mean, that, that is a game where anything could happen. So, that, that'll definitely be one. And it's in Jordan-Hare this year. So, yeah. you, kind, you kind of get uh, – that's been a house of horrors for Alabama. So, that, that could be a game, the more I think about it, uh, mm-hmm. a lot more interesting than maybe people are giving it credit for. Yeah, that, that'll be a fun one. I, I know that that's always the same night that, that Tennessee plays Vanderbilt, and, and it's usually that game that's on maybe right after the Tennessee Vandy game. So there's been a lot of time sitting in the press box, finishing up some work, looking at the TV, and it's like, how 
how is Auburn only down a touchdown with a minute? Well, it was just some crazy stuff <laughs> happening. So I expect another, another night like that watching that game. It should be a fun one. But that does leave one team left. It's kind of an unfortunate situation, of course, the tragic passing of Mike Leach. Puts them in a tough situation with Zach Arnett taking over the program. Of course, he coached in that bowl game for them, but kind of thrusted into that job after being interim head coach. Now the full-time head coach will we'll see what their season will look like, but we all have them in seventh place right now. We'll start with Noah, though. Kind of what will that season look like? Yeah, it feels so weird saying this because you, you're returning a really good quarterback yeah. off a team that won nine games last year. And, mm-hmm. and but it, I think it's that transition. You guys may feel the same way. That, that transition from from the air raid to to what Zach Arnett wants to do. I think that's going to not be very smooth for them. Uh, I think it, there's going to be some kinks to work out there. And unfortunately, when you're in this league, there's not a lot of time to work those out. You don't get a lot of weeks to where you can uh, you can take off and, and maybe work some things out like a glorified scrimmage. So. Um, I think that's just going to be the thing that that's the difference for this Mississippi state team this year. I, I feel pretty confident in, in picking them in that spot because of that reason, but I can't say enough about Will Rogers and, and just the way that team navigated, you know, the Mike Leach passing and, and winning that ninth game last year in the Outback bowl, the, the rely quest bowl. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, Will Rogers is a phenomenal SEC quarterback. If yes. he's still in that air raid system, which is what he wanted to play in in college, what yeah. it was his biggest reason he went to play under Mike Leach is he loved that system. It was built for him essentially. Like it was just perfect situation for Will Rogers, and he showed it throughout his career. If we're still talking about Will Rogers in the air raid, I think he's got a lot of votes for being SEC quarterback uh, of the year in, in that first team spot. But you said I, I think it's going to be tough for that transition into Zach Arnett's offense. Tyler, what do you have uh, this season looking like for Mississippi State? You would think me and Noah uh, hung out a few times at games and on road trips and whatnot because we, we, we think the same way about a lot of things when it comes to the SEC. Will Rogers, to me, is top three in the SEC quarterback-wise. I still believe that to this day. But when you change an offense that someone excels in, it, sometimes it doesn't go well. Most of the time it doesn't go well. And I keep bringing up uh, WK references, but – Mike White, who now plays quarterback in the NFL, you know, he's in an air raid offense at, at West Kentucky, airs the ball out, throws for 5,000-plus yards in a season under Jeff Brom. Mike Stanford comes in the next season and changes to, to a pro style, and it drops off halfway, purchase draft stock. You know, Will Rogers might be in the same boat with Zach Arnett, not saying, oh, this is the bad coach. It's his first year as a head coaching job. But this is an air raid guy who played for Mike Leach, loves to air the ball out. He make him throw short routes and – things like that, it could definitely change something. And I think for that reason, the transition and just there's not many people they have alongside Rodgers this year that they should. I just don't see him doing a whole lot of anything. I mean, might, might win five games, may get lucky and get a bowl game at six. But Will Rodgers' stats might still be good, but I just don't think he has enough help around him for the Bulldogs to be legitimate as they were last year. Yeah, tough spot for Mississippi State. Uh, you mentioned Will Rogers' draft stock. I, I I was thinking about that. I hope it's not a situation where where he falls farther than he maybe should just because the numbers take a dive because I think that he could have a promising NFL career, whether that is just as a backup, which is fine. It's on right. There's only 32 starting jobs in the NFL. I think that he's going to still have a, a pretty great football career when it's all said and done. But to wrap it up, 
We all have our SEC championship set now. All three of us with Georgia, you two with LSU, me with Alabama. Quickly, who do you have taking home the SEC championship? I'm going to go Georgia again. Uh, <laughs> kind of for every single reason we talked about earlier. There's just the, the talent, the, the way this team is kind of rolling right now. Uh, I stand by what you know how I felt earlier. I think with Mike Bobo, they'll they'll take a little bit of a step back, yeah, uh, than what we've seen. But it, it's still going to be good enough. They're it, it, they're good enough. It's still going to be good enough to win win the SEC for sure. I I feel really good in saying that, especially if they're matched up against. I don't really see a team out of the West that even if it's whether well, you could change it out LSU or Alabama, whoever ends up in Atlanta on the other side of Georgia. Neither of those teams, I would not say right now confidently that they would beat Georgia. So, till the Bulldogs lose a game, um, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna roll with Georgia. And all right, Tyler, is it gonna be LSU getting revenge, or is Georgia gonna win their second straight SEC title? Georgia again. I just like Noah said, they're so good. So many good players on both sides of the ball. Kirby Smart's team is just dominant. You know, he said it best. I think ESPN still plays it during college football season. Either you're late or you're not, and, and Georgia's elite. I mean, this team is just phenomenal. What a program. The SEC champions, they're going to win the East. They're going to win the title. And to me personally, they will win the, the CFP again. I just don't see them losing. It just make it a three-feet, keep the dynasty going. Man, they're good. Simple as that. Tyler saying Georgia's going to three-peat here in the upcoming year. I think that would be the first time since Minnesota did it in God, that had to have been like the forties or something. It would be thirties, yeah, thirties. College yeah. football yeah. history. I have Georgia winning the SEC as well, but I will say I have them getting getting caught in the college football playoffs. I don't have them three peeing this year. Right now, part of me leans Michigan. I don't love it, but but I yeah. like what what JJ McCarthy does. I, I like uh, Blake Corum. I, I think that they've got a really good squad and a chance to make a lot of noise. I'm not I'm not married to the idea of it being Michigan, but I will say. I'll, I'll, I'll take not. I'll take the field over Georgia. No, you want to give a, a quick? Maybe I don't know if you have if you've made your mind up. Like you said, I don't have a. I'm not married on the Michigan idea, but if you have a thought on who's going to take up the, the natty, yeah, I. Man, I just I just hyped the heck out of Georgia here, so it's <laughs> it's tough to go against them. But I I do I I agree with you. I I see why you would take the field. I I think they're going to dominate the – I don't know, dominate the SEC. They, they may have some you know, one loss this year or maybe have a couple Missouri-like games where teams kind of hang around with them. I think we'll see a, a few more kinks in the armor that, that we haven't seen the last couple of years. But I do think that might catch up with them in the college football playoff. I'm not confident in saying that. They could very easily win again. I, I just think it's so hard to do that three years in a row, especially when you've got a program like Michigan that was very – I know they, they kind of underwhelm when they get to the playoff. They're one of those teams that underwhelmed against TCU, but they were very close to being in that national championship game. And that very likely would have given us a more entertaining product than TCU and Georgia did. So I, I like, I mean, I, I don't blame you for, for kind of sticking with the, or going with the Wolverines for now, but uh, I, I don't know. It's so tough to win three in a row. It's so tough to win two in a row in college football. So I, I would take the field right now over Georgia as well, but either way wouldn't shock me. Yeah, I think that is a game that people are kind of quick to forget about just because of the way Georgia ran the table and, and, and didn't drop a game last year. Took, took some miracles down there in the fourth quarter for Georgia to get past Ohio mm -hmm. State in the first yeah. round of the college football playoffs. So 
Anyway, it'll be interesting to see. Of course, it'll be a fun year, as always, in the SEC, in my opinion. And I don't think this is a, a very hot take. Easily the best conference in college football. Can't miss TV every single Saturday. It's coming up in less than a month. Vanderbilt will kick it off in less than a month. Uh, kind of a funny one to get things started for the SEC. But then after that, as we said at the top of the show, Tennessee traveling to Nashville to play Virginia and get this season started. Of course, we are with VolReport.com. Make sure you check out the website. We've got a lot of content coming out. Of course, uh, fall camp for the football team is coming up. Me and Noah will be over there tomorrow for the team's media day, and then they got practice starting on Wednesday. So we'll have a bunch of content, video content here on the YouTube, content on the Twitter over at Tennessee Rivals, and, of course, as I said, on the website at volreport.com and make sure you get yourself subscription because we've had a lot of fun discussions over on the message board we've been talking conference realignment and what that'll look like which acc schools can maybe find their way into the sec we just dropped our depth chart that we think tennessee is going to roll with going into week one ahead of fall camp and we've had some discussions about maybe who's going to start running back who's going to start a slot receiver and some other positions and how that defense is going to shape up so make sure you head over get yourself a subscription uh, links to all of that will be in the bio. Make sure you subscribe to the Vol Report YouTube channel because we'll have more content, like I said, as well. Check out the Checkerboard Chatter with Tyler Ivins. He does a great job with that. We're going to have some more Vol Report shows coming out as well as the season nears and throughout the season. And thank you guys for listening. <laughs>